It's time now for Illinois Innovators, spotlighting the leaders in research, technology, and entrepreneurship from the engineering at Illinois community. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. If you live in a metropolitan area, then you are no doubt familiar with gridlock on the highways and roadways. An even greater percentage of those vehicles creating that gridlock are making deliveries, whether it be lunch from a favorite eatery, important B2B documents, or simply a package purchased through Amazon. What could delivery service look like in the future? University of Illinois professor of mechanical science and engineering, Nara Hovakiman, and her team have received an NSF proposal for a study titled Synergetic Drone Delivery Network in Metropolis. Professor Hovakiman directs the Advanced Controls Research Laboratory on campus. She's also co-founder and chief scientist for IntelliNair, a company that uses aerial imagery to provide an early warning system for farmers. Today, we want to not only focus on drones for delivery, but the many other drone projects that she's been involved with in recent years. Welcome to the program. I thank you for having me. Well, uh, first, I want to I want to talk a little bit about your background because your background is is uh, as a mathematician. So, talk about how you uh, the uh, how you got involved with with drones and using your knowledge uh, in this area. Uh, yes, I got my PhD in mathematics in 1992 in Moscow from Russian Academy of Sciences. Uh, before then, I did my masters in applied mathematics and theoretical mechanics in Yerevan, Armenia, from our Yerevan State University. But uh, due to the circumstances, uh, upon completing two different postdoctoral scholarships in Germany and France, in 1998, I was given an opportunity to join the flight test group at Georgia Tech to work on stability proofs of advanced uh, flight control systems. So that transition moved me from mathematics into engineering and working side by side with engineers to make sure that we can develop algorithms that have enough robustness in the presence of various uncertainties. And that way I became very familiar with aerospace engineering, with flight control systems that slowly moved me into drones. So today we have major flight tests happening at uh, NASA and United States Air Force. We fly Learjet, F-16, and other platforms at NASA to test our advanced flight control systems. On the other hand, at the university environment where we don't have these runways uh, to fly the big airplanes and we don't own these big airplanes, we have drones that we can test different algorithms in university environment, engage different students from undergraduate to PhD to develop um, new algorithms inspired by machine learning, by advances in flight control and uh, kind of position ourselves competitively nationwide and globally. Well, I, I know that there's been s some things in the news about uh, drones and, and drone delivery. Just talk about this particular uh, study because I think it's interesting that you're using um, uh, RSVs and, and, and other vehicles that are traveling through the area uh, to deliver, say, um, a medicine that's you know, purchased online and, and can be delivered within hours. Yeah, so, so uh, sure, regarding this recent NSF award that you mentioned, so we have a team of six professors. Four of us are from University of Illinois. One is from Stanford University, and another collaborator is from University of South Carolina. Uh, we got this NSF award for de delivering drone, for developing drone delivery network for metropolitan areas. So uh, it has been already well known that 
with Amazon's Prime Air, uh, the technology for delivering goods can be speed up uh, uh, to address the critical need for fast delivery challenges. And uh, uh, lots of the all po postal offices and delivery um, companies are developing their own uh, network of drones and cars that can uh, combine to deliver these goods uh, and solve the so-called last mile delivery problem, which has been recognized by McKinsey Consulting as a $1 billion challenge problem of the parcel delivery industry. So the last mile of delivery is where 50% of the delivery costs are being consumed. And drones can be helpful there. So when the postal offices are developing their own network of cars and drones, they are basically bypassing the problem of coordination because then they know where is every vehicle, where is every drone. However, that doesn't lead to drop the cost significantly. Our proposal aims to take advantage of the existing um, uh, cars on the highways, in the town, in the metropolitan, and just use drones by the postal services to drop the packages on cars and to pick them up from the top of the cars and to deliver to the last point of the delivery. By taking advantage of the existing network, which is random, stochastic, uh, um, to some extent also unpredictable due to different events, uh, uh, we are kind of addressing a complex mathematical problem. And if addressed it correctly, we can drop the delivery cost a few times more. Uh, that's why this project is interesting. It's interdisciplinary. It engages people from logistics, scheduling, robotics, economy, psychology, because we are talking about operating drones in human congested environment. So we have a psychology professor on the team as well. And uh, we need to make sure that we can operate all these drones in a very robust way and they can interact with each other, have uh, path planning, collision avoidance algorithms, working on random networks and uh, be safe for the society. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about anxiety because there's certainly, um, it's not missing the, the point at all. There, there are a lot of people that are really anxious about having more drones in the sky. Is it going to be safe? Are there going to be drones, you know, falling out of the air because they collide or that uh, they fail for some reason? So um, just talk about addressing that because I think that's, if you look at concerns, that's certainly one that, that people are raising. Uh, sure. I mean, we have been working uh, uh, on safety issues, drones, for the last five years. So th we got the first major award from NSF for uh, operating drones for elderly care industry uh, three, four years back. And in that project, we already had a psychology professor with whom we have worked on concepts of perceived safety versus actual safety. So apparently humans are more scared by the velocity profile of the drones than by their geometric size. So a rapidly flying small drone uh, very far can scare a person a lot more than a large, slowly moving drone in the close proximity. Uh, and uh, uh, by learning these issues, how to differentiate between perceived safety and actual safety, we were able to come up with path planning and collision avoidance algorithm of drones that would not that would not scare the humans as much. To do these tests, we developed a virtual reality environment where we are flying drones uh, 
and testing humans for their safety perception. Uh, we use skin conductors, head tilt, and heart rate as the three main sensors identified by psychology professors uh, to help us build a machine learning model for the perceived safety, which we use already in the cross-function for optimal path planning. So this collaboration with the psychology professor was very successful and it helped us to kind of circumvent some of these anxiety issues that typically humans face. The, the problems are really challenging because we still need to test this concept with tons of other participants because it's very hard to recruit subjects to do this test and so on. But we have established a framework that so far seems to model well the reality in the sense of humans' perception of safety, human anxiety, and other issues. So just getting back to how the system works, there would be a, a package that a drone would, would pick up and it would, say, drop on a, on a, uh, on a bus or on a uh, ride-sharing. Right, so uh, the idea is to take advantage of the existing mm, car networks that, for example, Uber or Lyft have and there are other vehicles that may sign up to these services. So if people are already using their vehicle for this type of services, they have already agreed to work for public service. So these, these drivers may even get some payments for agreeing to drop packages. So the, the, the cars are driving along their route. Nothing has to change. The drone gets the package to drop on a vehicle uh, that goes in the right direction. Another drone may need to pick it up from the top of the vehicle and put it on another vehicle that can transport another segment of the last mile and while the last drone may just deliver it to the addressee. So the idea here is to take advantage of the car network that's available through iPhones or iPads and um, have the drivers signed up so we, we can identify the cars on the network that we get on our phones, which cars have this agreement. And based on the cars that we identify, we will determine the best one through some bidding logic. So uh, the uh, underlying mathematical framework is very rich and complex. It takes advantage of network theory, graph theory, communication scheduling, uh, bidding, mm, game theoretic approaches for bidding, and then uh, also naturally, it involves uh, robust control, rendezvous with moving vehicles, uh, have robust hardware for docking, magnetic docking, and so on. So it's rich, and with that it becomes very interesting and uh, challenging. It's easy to attract students to something this exciting because we are education industry. We need to make sure that the problems are not just interesting and challenging, but they are also attractive for the students. And something like this seems to excite the students a lot. So they would stick to the, the roofs of the, the cars to be a magnetic docking system. Uh, that's what we assume, right, that there can be a magnetic docking system, for example, that we can use to drop the vehicle, and then there can be another drop a drone that can pick it up from there and bring it to the addressee. Wow. So the, 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 uh, the complex network of all these drones really is at the forefront of, of the technology that you're developing. Right, the future is coming sooner than what we imagined, right? Things are happening now and uh, we're just trying to be at the forefront with the algorithm that we developed with the maturity and the ability to test this algorithm and validate in real world environments. So I would think delivery services would be interested in this technology and, and, and eventually 
commercializing this technology? Uh, I hope so, right. And we plan really to work with uh, UPS, FedEx, or other companies that would be interested in these technologies. But for first, first and foremost, we would like to see Amazon being interested in investing in the further stages of the development of this project. Well, the other question that comes to mind would be the safety of the network in terms of hacking and things like that, and I'm sure you're, you're working on that as well. Sure, cybersecurity is another big challenge, and luckily we have other cybersecurity proposals funded from NSF, where we are working on developing autopilots that can be robust to hacking, and uh, that's another project that we do with another professor from Illinois. I think by the end they all will convert around having one framework that will have all the elements uh, of robustness against cyber attacks, against failures of physical components, against network failures, and so on. So you cited that the fact that 50% of all costs for delivery mm -hmm. are in the last mile, the actual getting to the addressee. Um, talk a little bit about what companies are saying in there and, and, and obviously a reason why they're interested uh, potentially in, in this particular technology. Uh, I, I cannot name the companies who have made this quote, but I know that McKinsey Consulting Report from December 2016 had that uh, kind of price estimate that 50% of the delivery costs are consumed by the last mile delivery. And we just use that report as a reference, but definitely there are other reports published by UPS, USPS, FedEx, and others that show that the last mile of delivery is usually the most challenging because that's already uh, uh, driving along the back roads, consuming more gas, it's the car maintenance, it's the more gas, it's the more uh, labor of the driver and manpower that's needed to accomplish these last mile deliveries. That's why addressing that problem becomes critical, especially with the growing of urbanization and the uh, earth population growing. So this problem is becoming very, very important. So how soon can you think we could see something like this? Um, I mean, will we in, in 10 years, will things be completely different, especially in urban areas where we're, we'll be used to seeing a multitude of drones just going about their business and, and we're, nobody will <laughs> be worried about that? Well, as they say, as somebody said it very well, that the robot revolution will be the silent one, right? Robots are penetrating our workspaces in a very silent and invisible, seamless way because it's not that uh, we should expect that overnight uh, lots of the jobs will be replaced by robots and one day we will wake up to a big surprise of the Matrix movie or something. I mean, it w it's happening like one step at a time. It's just happening more and more. I mean, remember when we first got those Roomba vacuum cleaners in our houses? So those were maybe the first robotic systems that were brought in house and interacted with humans. These days already we see more and more of robotics penetrating into our lives, daily lives. I mean, obviously, as far as manufacturing and big industries are concerned, they have lots of el uh, elements of automation. But now we are talking more about interacting with robots and um, having them in our workspace, sharing the same space with robots 
so there are more issues here becoming uh, world research efforts like safety, uh, conception, uh, sharing, mutual understanding with robots, emotional involvement, and so on. Uh, and I think with the explosion of exponential technologies, things are going to happen faster and faster, but still it won't be like overnight. So mm -hmm. when they happen, we'll be ready for them. I'm sure in that. So from a package standpoint, what 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 about weights of packages? How how big a package is? Oh yeah, those will be limited, of course. I mean, the drones won't be able maybe to carry hundred pound packages. For now, we have been talking about packages under ten pounds, but uh, surely, I mean, uh, as the drone technology develops on its own, uh, the they should be able to carry heavier packages. But certainly, we won't expect a drone to carry furniture <laughs> or a big sofa, right? That's maybe a little bit unrealistic. But what do we order daily on Amazon? Most likely, most of the time, we order small things, right? We go on Amazon and order a small thing that we need because we just have no time to go to a store to look it up. But we won't order a furniture on Amazon. Furniture, most likely, would like to go and check and test and sit on the chair, e experience its comfort level. Things for which you reach the store because you need the visual, you need the sense and the touch. You mostly don't order it on Amazon, and then you 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 buy it in the store, and you maybe just get it delivered using their card. But the small things that we go on Amazon typically order, and I think those small things will always uh, be delivered by drones easily. Well, I want to branch out and talk about some of your other projects. Uh, talk about. Uh, the, the project you had a, a couple of years ago, another NSF project uh, about uh, medicine, uh, yeah, elderly care, because certainly uh, I think we had some statistics of just the number of, of adults that will be over 65 in the coming years. It's it's pretty stag uh, staggering when you think about it and, and the kind of care that they'll they'll need. And, and, and then you, we mentioned the psychology of it, uh, getting them um, used, used to and acceptance of the fact that you know, this can be really helpful for them. Right. So it's estimated that by 2030, the population above 65 doubles. And that implies that uh, the nursing homes will be short of facilities and staff to support and take care of people um, when they need it, right? So the idea of having smart homes may not be suitable for elderly people because elderly people are already kind of, in some sense, the victim of their own habits and they are they are most of the time very reluctant about major moves, especially if you try to move them into a new smarter home that will have all the technology to help them, they can get confused. It's much easier to bring the technology to the homes of these people and train them how to use this new technology and how to get used to it. So the project on elderly care implied development of small drones that can be operated in house environments, like pick up a fallen fork from under the table, deliver medicine or water or different things, so find the missing glasses at home, find the remote control of the airplane. We are talking here about extremely small miniature drones and very small payloads, like under half half pound or maybe at most a pound, right? Because when the payload grows naturally, the drone also has to be big to manage that payload. So, but even in that case, when the drone is small enough, when I mean, the small objects usually don't look scary, and even if it's like kind of framed in a safe uh, way, 
we still need people to be ready for that and that's why we kind of worked with Lindsay um, elderly facility in town we we build this virtual reality environment where we can test people regarding their perceptions of drones and these drones need to have some manipulator arms that can go for example under the table and pick up the fallen corpse so this is the level of agility of the small assistive drones that we're looking to develop right because um, i mean humanoid robots have been out there for quite some time that can help people still in different things, be a company for them and so on. But humanoid drones don't have the agility to get under the table, find the fallen corpse and pick it up. For that level of agility, we're thinking about having these small drones that can be manipulated, that can have different degrees of freedom and agility to help people find missing glasses and pick up these small things and move them around the house. So where does that stand? Because I think the, uh, the, the proposal- is coming to close end and uh, we have developed so the machine learning model of perceived safety as i said we test humans for their perception of safety using three different sensors skin conductance heart rate and head tilt and uh, using these three signals we spend significant time on building a machine learning model that can identify when is the human scared or when the human feels safe Using this machine learning model, we build uh, a cost function for optimal path planning and um, velocity profiles and trajectory optimization. And we have a few papers out, so that's very interesting and exciting work because especially the machine learning component of it turned out to be a lot more interesting than what we hoped to quickly get. We are very excited by just the scholarly work that came out of that work because it's fully interdisciplinary between psychology, engineering, robotics. And I think as such, it's very unique. Mm, understanding how humans perceive these things uh, was not trivial. I think we have figured out there are some rules that excite us. Also operating these drones from iPhone or tablet, so having the suitable user interface. We work with human factors professors, so that's also very exciting. So we need to make them easy and accessible because some elderly people are not comfortable with having complex interfaces. The UIX part of it was also very interesting. Um, overall, we are very excited by this collaboration. So I want to step back, and, and maybe this is a question that you can answer specifically. Uh, but you know, what what does the future look like when it when it comes to drones? Um, you know, what what sorts of things haven't we thought about, or, or maybe uh, you have, or your colleagues have that that maybe the general population hasn't thought w in relation to drones. I said it, uh, I think, five six years ago, and I will go to ahead and repeat. We will get used to them as we got used to cell phones. I think these technologies will be available in different sizes, in different operations, for fulfilling different needs, and we'll slowly get used to them like we got used to cell phones. Maybe we got very easily used to cell phones due to the convenience of having a mobile phone with you through the road in your pocket. Um, I, I don't think we'll have all kinds of drones in our pockets, but the fact that they will be all around and we'll get used to them in a seamless way, I believe in that future, and I think we'll see it maybe in 15, 20 years already all around us. I, I don't want to leave you without 
giving you a chance to talk about the other projects going on in, in the lab itself. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a lab that I, I don't think is too many years old. Uh, talk about, uh, and you mentioned interdisciplinary, and that I think that's, that's the thing that, uh, that I'm, one of the things that I'm impressed with is just the so many different disciplines that are using it. So I'll give you a chance to plug your uh, research laboratory here. My research lab um, is rich with students, with projects. We have about nine funded projects right now from NSF, Air Force, NASA, and also some companies. Uh, and uh, we work on different problems from fundamental mathematics like performance limitations of stochastic systems in the presence of limited information up to flight testing Learjet and F-16, and in between we have problems of robust control, network theory, systems theory, scheduling, optimization, path planning, collision avoidance, and we work with psychologists, with human factors professors, we work with computer science professors on cybersecurity. So, but overall I can split the work in our lab into three major areas, that uh, robust control, robotics and cybersecurity. And say if I just look inside robotics, maybe cybersecurity aspects are very relevant to robotics, but I'm putting it as a separate theme because there we go deep into interdisciplinary work with computer science. Under robotics, we do lots of path planning, collision avoidance, cooperative missions of different vehicles, heterogeneous teams and we're going to different fundamental mathematical problems here to be addressed. This work is being flight tested at NASA facility. And robust control, robust adaptive control, has been our bread and butter in some sense, giving us the opportunity to fly the Learjet F-16 and getting lots of visibility out of this major cluster. Well, uh, we want to have you back to talk about that, um, but I want to give you at least a chance to, to give the folks a, a flavor of, of the kind of work that's going on there because it's, it's truly uh, uh, cutting edge and, and these kinds of things are not happening everywhere and uh, you have been a, a, a real leader in, in, uh, in adaptive flight control and so we want to we'll, we'll bring you back to talk about that, but uh, thank you so much for being our guest today. Was that yes, uh, and, and and then and then now I'll give you a chance to talk about Intellinair as well. So Intellinair um, uh, is a company that's uh, already functioning for the past four years, and two years we have had already customers among Midwest farmers for whom we are providing an early warning system using aerial imagery. So we do thirteen flights per season, collect images, and provide the health analysis of their farm over the next 24 hours upon each flight. So uh, it has been very successful. We are very proud of all our customers and everybody who has supported us. Mm, I think uh, it's, it's going to have lots of impact on Midwest agriculture to begin with. Later globally, we are definitely boosting Illinois economy because we're creating jobs, we're uh, raising venture capital, uh, we are working with farmers, so in terms of boosting Illinois economy, we have had great impact, I think. Well, great. Uh, thank you for sharing, um, and thank you for coming to the program. Thank you for having me. Nera, 
Havakiman has been our guest uh, from the University of Illinois Mechanical Science and Engineering Department. Uh, we thank you for listening. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Illinois Innovators is a production of Engineering at Illinois. All rights reserved. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Engineering at Illinois. We hope you'll help grow our core of listeners by leaving a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.